is Paul Pierce right? Did Dwayne Wade just benefit from having better teammates? If Paul Pierce played with LeBron, played with Shaq, would Paul Pierce have more titles? According to him, he's the greater player. He had the greater career. Let's dive into that. It's the cipher. So Paul Pierce believes that Dwayne Wade just benefited from having greater teammates, that in fact, Paul Pierce is the better player. Much respect to the truth. I'm not there. But let's show true respect to the truth. Respect for his game. Paul Pierce is an NBA champion. He's a finals MVP. Let's look at his resume. Ten time NBA all star, all NBA second team, three time all NBA third team. NBA All-Rookie First Team, NBA Three-Point Shootout Champion. That was in 2010. Had his number retired by the Celtics. Even in college, consistent All-American. Paul Pierce has excelled at every level. And when you look at his game, that step back, that was money. That was water. I've seen more than a few times Paul Pierce make game-winning shots or shots that shut crowds down. I grew up. A Laker fan. I'm a lifelong Laker fan. So trust me, I saw Paul Pierce put in work against the Lakers in the 08 finals, and that was not fun. But I respected his talent and his game. The truth is an all time great. Is he greater than Dwayne Wade? I can't go there. I'm looking at D Wade, three time NBA champion. He's a finals MVP. Remember what he did in those finals. 34 points, seven rebounds, five assists, over 50% from the floor. And I know Paul Pierce and others will say he had Shaq. Shaq was still a very good player at that time, but that was 33-year-old Shaq. And in that finals, that Shaq was being single covered and averaging 13 points a game and 10 rebounds. That finals, that was all about Dwayne Wade and his individual greatness. 13-time NBA All-Star. NBA All-Star Game MVP. That was in 2010. He's a two-time NBA First Team member. Three-time All-NBA Second Team. Three-time All-NBA Third Team. And here's the separation. At their very best, in their prime, Paul Pierce was a capable defender. Dwayne Wade actually made All-NBA Defense Second Team three times. NBA All-Rookie Team first time and led the league in scoring in 2009. When you're comparing greats, yes, you want to look at numbers and you want to look at championships. You can even look at teammates. But it's not like Paul Pierce just played with some guys. The reason why there was a big three was the addition of Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. The development of Rajon Rondo would actually made them have a big four. They had capable role players around that squad. Kendrick Perkins, Tony, Tony Allen, and guys like that. Remember Eddie House, how many big shots he made for them? All I'm saying is I respect Paul Pierce. But if you take a 25-year-old Paul Pierce and there's a 25-year-old Dwayne Wade and you say pick teams, pick up, I'm taking D. Wade. Paul Pierce, no question he is the better shooter. 
But the better basketball player, the better player, that's D. Wade. Paul Pierce is great. D. Wade's just a little bit greater. So the Athletic came out with its NBA player poll. And the results are always interesting. And us as fans, we have fun debating these. And I'm sure the players, they probably have some interesting conversations of their own. But remember, these polls, these results, these are from players' peers. This is what some of their peers feel about them or actually think about them and their game. So they were asked, who's the greatest player of all time? Who's the GOAT? Michael Jordan won the vote with 73%. LeBron James was second at 11.9%. Kobe Bryant, to me, this is surprising, was third at 10.6%. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the cap, came in at fourth at 1.7%. That's kind of shocking. I'm not surprised that Jordan would have won, but I am surprised by the margin. And part of that makes me think, is this guy's acknowledging how great Jordan is or is a little bit of this LeBron hate? And I'm not making excuses because if you've listened to the Cypher, you listened to some of the previous shows, you know, I've already been going over resumes and goat resumes and I've got my own opinions. And a lot of you guys out there have shared yours, but I always try to keep it fair and balanced and keep it just on fact. LeBron James is an all time great player. Do I think he's the second greatest player of all time? I think that's up for debate. So I'm not surprised that he was number two. I am surprised that there's such a distance between him and Jordan. I'm even more surprised with the distance between Jordan and Kareem. And I'm stunned that Kobe actually came in third over Kareem. And look, this poll is taken by today's players. And most of these guys, I have to assume, They only know Kareem from old highlights or maybe they looked up in the books. The truth of the matter is very few of them probably saw the cap play or saw Magic Johnson play. And I can understand that. I didn't see all the great players play either. So I can respect that. Anyway, moving on, they went to who's the most overrated player. And this one kind of I had mixed feelings on this. But with six point three percent of the vote. There was a, a tie between Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Jimmy Butler. And let me say this. Carl Anthony Towns is an all-NBA talent. And he may one day be that dude. There's no question he's an all-star. Can he take it to the next level and establish himself as a superstar? That remains to be seen. Andrew Wiggins has as much talent as anybody in the league. He has superstar talent. And he's still a young man. Andrew Wiggins is still 24 years old. But if you've watched him over the course of his career, what I've seen is little to no development. Andrew Wiggins is overrated. I think they got that right. Cat might be overrated to some, to some point. I think Jimmy Butler... People forget that Jimmy Butler wasn't a high draft pick, came out of nowhere, grinded and worked himself, became a gym rat and turned himself into an all-star caliber player. If there's a perception out there that Jimmy Butler is a superstar by some fans, that's something I would debate them on. 
I think Jimmy Butler's an all-star and, ter- and a terrific player. But I don't think Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship-winning team. I think actually where he's at in Philly as a second-slash-third option, that's the perfect role for Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Butler's a superstar, so in some degree, in some way, he he's a little overrated. Ben Simmons got four, 4.2% of the vote, as did LeBron, Cal Lowry, and James Harden, which was shocking. But the two guys that get the bulk of the vote, Russell Westbrook and Draymond Green with 17% of the vote. I just did an episode on Russ and I asked the question, was he the solution? Was he the answer or the problem? Russ is a great player. I've said that before. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's kind of an enigma, though. He gives you everything. Who wouldn't want him as a teammate? You could never question the effort. If you're a fan, you're never cheated. There are a lot of good things. There are a lot of great things about Russ. Do I think Russ can be a a number one option on a team that wins a title? I don't know. I do think that he can be on a team that wins a title, maybe as a second option. If Russ has flaws, like any player, I've always pointed this out. His greatest flaw, his shot selection, and his late game decision making. But to say that he's overrated when the guy has just done something historic, not just once, but for the third year in a row, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double. Say what you want about Russell Westbrook, he's not overrated. And I, I have a lot of respect for Draymond Green. Draymond Green has worked his way into becoming a, a perennial all-star, but he's a complimentary star. He's not someone you can send to another team and build around. I don't even think he could be a second option on a competing team. Draymond is a very good player, but again, a complimentary player. If you're going to say somebody's overrated, he's a little overrated. I've looked at him over the course of his career. And when you go back to what he did in the 2015-2016 season, the year they won 73 games, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. This is his best year. He followed that up with 10 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Last year, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 block, 1 steal a game. And now this year... He's at 7, 7, and 7 across the board, and his field goal percentage has continued to drop. So he's descending, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that he can't still still be impactful, but I think he's gone to probably a couple of all-star games that he shouldn't have gone to. He, I'm a fan of his. I just don't think he's I don't think he's a perennial all-star. That's just me. I respect what he's done. More importantly, I respect the fact that he came out of nowhere. I think he was the 35th pick in the draft. And what he did to himself by building up his body and putting in the work. So I respect his accomplishments and what I want him on my team. No question. But it would depend on the role. And nowadays, I guess it also depends on the price. I don't see Draymond as a max player, but that's just me. Moving on. They said they asked the question, who should be this year's MVP? James Harden won that with 44 percent of the vote. Giannis came in second with 38% of the vote. PG-13 came in third with 12.7% of the vote. And Joel Embiid, the big guy, came in at fourth with 1.7% of the vote. 
I think that's kind of low on Embiid's part. Look, I, I think Harden and Giannis can go either way when you're talking about the MVP. So I actually think that was accurate. They asked, who had the best handle in the NBA? Who could break people down the best off the dribble? Kyrie Irving won that in a walk. He got 77% of the vote. Second place, and I mean a distant second place, was Steph with 7.3%. They even asked the question, and you know how the NBA is about rumors and hearsay and projecting ahead. They asked the question, where will KD play next year? And 63% of the players believe that KD will be a member of the New York Knicks. The Golden State Warriors, his current team, the team that's on the verge of going after his third straight NBA title came in second at 20%. That's crazy. They asked who was the most underrated player in the NBA, and Drew Holiday won that, getting 16.3% of the vote. And I agree with that. Drew Holiday is by far, to me, look, Chris Middleton is underrated, but not more underrated than Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is not a very good defender. He's an elite defender. He should be somebody that should be mentioned when people talk about defensive player of the year. But the beauty of his game is he can lock you down on one end and give you 19 and eight assists on the other end. Drew Holiday is one of the best two-way players in basketball. He just doesn't get enough shine. He doesn't get enough love, but he's very underrated. So shout out to Drew Holiday, because in my opinion, you are the most underrated player in the NBA. There was another question put out there. Who's the best defender, the best individual defender in the NBA? Kawhi Leonard got 30% of the vote. Second place was PG-13 with 16% of the vote. Rudy Gobert came in at third with 14%. And Joel Embiid came in at fifth with 4.4%. And my guy, Dirty Bev, I call him, Patrick Beverly, was actually fourth with 10.5%. Patrick Beverly is an elite defender. I know people say he's dirty. He, he, he walks a fine line. And that there's some truth in that. And if he's on the other side of the floor, you hate him. But if he's on your team, you love him. He's that kind of guy. Another question was put out there. If you were going to start your franchise fresh, who would you build a team around? Who would you start with? Who would be your first pick? Giannis won that in a walk. 36.4%. Anthony Davis was second at 10.4%. Embiid came in third at 8.8%. KD was fourth with 8 and LeBron was fifth at 7.6%. Before people get crazy, remember, they're, at, they're talking about right now. They're not saying LeBron at age 25 or KD at age 24 or whatever. They're talking about right now today. To, so everybody, you have to factor in age. Giannis is still 24 years old. Anthony Davis is 24, 25 years old. Same for Embiid. So I understand why they were voted where they were voted. Because people are factoring in age, which is smart. I get that. Which I, what I don't understand is, how could you have James Harden 10th? 10th? You're talking about the ultimate ISO player. Back in the day when people were calling Joe Johnson, who was a great ISO player, ISO Joe. ISO Joe can't touch James Harden. But more importantly, 
James Harden's a great ISO player, but he's also a terrific pick and roll player. He's an amazing passer. So when he breaks you down, when he turns the corner and you have to collapse, he will always make the right basketball play. Look, I, he's not my favorite player in the league, but I respect greatness. James Harden being ranked 10th in terms of who you would start your team with, I don't understand that at all. There, there's some hate there. There's some disrespect there. There was another question put out there. They even asked who was the worst referee. Tony Brothers won that 24.5%. Scott Foster was second with 20%. And Mike, Mike Johnson was third at 13%. They even asked who wouldn't you get into a fight with? This was going to be an easy one. If you know his history and what he's about, James Johnson of the Heat won that easy. He's the one guy that most guys want no piece part of. You don't want any of that smoke. James Johnson won that 43% of the vote. Behind him at second was Stephen Adams of the Thunder with 19% of the vote. The interesting thing about polls is they give us an opportunity to look at the numbers and get into the debates in some cases, get into arguments and maybe it works the same ways for players. I'm not saying I agree with all of these results, but some of them were pretty good. I actually got the MVP, how close that was. I think that's how it is in all, all the way around in reality. I think it could go either way between Harden and Giannis, but it was up to me. I would probably give Harden a slight edge. If you ask me who was the best individual defender, I would go with Kawhi. If you ask me who I thought was the GOAT, it wouldn't be MJ. It would be Kareem. And I'd have Jordan second. And Magic or LeBron third. I don't know how Kobe, Kobe's a great player. He's an all-time great player. And this is a voice of a diehard Laker fan. I don't think Kobe Bryant's the third greatest player in NBA history. Having said that, you got to show love to the Mamba, one of the greatest players to ever do it. He's an all-time great. You know who gets lost in these kind of conversations, though? They're in the same era. Nobody ever brings up Tim Duncan. Where should Tim Duncan be ranked when we talk about all-time greats? Why isn't he considered GOAT-worthy? You can make a case that because they played in the same era, Tim Duncan was as great or greater than Kobe Bryant. There's a case to be made there. Look at Tim Duncan's resume. Look at his statistics. I'm just putting it out there. Back in a minute. Like I said, the NBA playoffs right around the corner. So it makes me think of some of the great playoff performances or NBA finals performances that I've seen over the years. And the first one that got in my head was AI. Allen Iverson, that was game one of the 2001 finals versus the Lakers. AI goes off 48 points, six assists, five rebounds, and five steals. And of course, there's that signature moment when he hits the three in the corner and then he steps over Tyron Lue. And at the time, I was both excited and mad. AI was that dude. When you Rooted for him, he just, you connected with people. AI seemed like he was like our guy. 
I didn't grow up a Sixer fan, but I watched AI when he was at Georgetown and then when he came to Philly. And by far, he kind of brought new energy into the NBA. And he's had his share of signature moments. But that moment, what he did in that finals to win that. Remember, the Lakers were undefeated throughout the playoffs. This is the Kobe Shaq Lakers. They're on a roll. They're about to repeat. They're going for their second championship. And while that Sixer team was a really good team, it wasn't the most talented team. It had a great coach. It had a great player who was surrounded by a bunch of really good role players, with the exception of Dikembe Mutombo, who was a great defensive player, but he wasn't a scorer. And he was no match for Shaq. For AI to walk into L.A. and take away game one right out the bat, Sixers won that 107-101. That was impressive. That added to his legacy, to his resume. I was thinking about some older great performances. So I had to look some up because I didn't see all these guys play, but I wanted to I wanted to think about some of the performances from yesteryear. Wilt Chamberlain, 1962 Eastern Conference Finals, 56 points, 35 rebounds. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq, in the 2000 NBA Finals, 43 points, 19 rebounds, four assists, and three blocks. That was against the Pacers. Shaq was a beast. Tim Duncan in the 0-3 Finals, 32 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists, 7 blocks, 3 steals. That's an incredible line. What Dirk did in the Western Conference Finals back in 2011, 48 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 6 blocks. Even Kareem, a.k.a. Luau Sender, 44 points and 20 run rebounds in the Conference Finals with the Bucks. Those signature moments, those big moments where we're either rooting for the star or we're rooting against the star or we're just caught up in the action. Uh, And I don't write all these down, so they won't be in order. The older ones I did, but this one I actually saw. I saw Charles Barkley light up the Warriors for 56 points. I remember that. Never saw Elgin Baylor. Read about him. Know his numbers. Impressive stat line. 62 points, 22 rebounds in the NBA Finals in Game 5. I did see this game. Big game James Worthy in the 1988 NBA Finals in Game 7 versus the Pistons. Worthy, 36 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, and 2 steals. What he did helped the Lakers repeat. I remember that. That was one of the great performances in Laker history. You can't talk about great moments, great numbers, great finals moments without bringing up an iconic player like Bill Russell. 30 points and 40 rebounds in a game seven. Hakeem Olajuwon in the Western Conference semifinals in game six against the Sonics. 49 points, 25 rebounds and six blocks. The thing about Akeem Olajuwon, he's another guy like Tim Duncan. When we talk about the greatest and we talk about that short list of players, I actually think Akeem Olajuwon is grossly underrated. I actually have him rated it ahead of some of people that people it will blow people's mind who I haven't overrated ahead of. But he was a better player. He was a better player than Shaq. Shaq was dominant offensively. Hakeem Olajuwon was dominant on both ends of the floor. Hakeem Olajuwon, 
He should get a lot more love. Akeem Olajuwon should get some consideration. He should be in the, if he's not in your top 10, you might want to redo your top 10. What about what LeBron James did? I think I talked about this recently in game five of the conference finals against the Pistons. 48 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He scored 25 straight points, 29 of the Cavs' last 30 points, not to mention the game-winning layup. Signature moments. That's the best time. This is the best time of the year. So is it going to be Giannis? Is Kyrie going to explode? What about Kawhi Leonard? Is Steph or KD and the crew, somebody's going to put up monster numbers? Or is this the year that Houston takes them down with the one-two punch of James Harden and CP3? Does Russ break through? I think the Thunder are sixth seed right now, but they might end up being the eighth seed depending on what happens tomorrow. We're at game 81, and there's still some seeds up for grabs. Think about that going forward when you think about the great performances. What about Isaiah Thomas in the 88 finals in game six against my Lakers? On one leg, 43 points, eight assists, and six steals. Twisted his ankle in the third quarter. Looked like he was done. Checked back into the game. Was still limping and lit Magic and Michael Cooper and company up for 25 points in the fourth quarter. It was one of the most amazing and maddening performances I'd ever seen. What about Michael Jordan's 63 points against the Celtics? I saw that game. And the interesting thing about that game is that everybody took their shot at guarding him and everybody got eaten up. What about Jordan's flu game versus the Jazz in the 97 finals? 38 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Remember, that was game five of that series. It was 2-2. He wasn't going to play. He opted to play. And because he did, it turned that series around and put the Bulls in control. What about Magic Johnson? As a rookie, NBA Finals, Game 6, 42 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. He jumped center. He was replacing Kareem, who had got injured in Game 6. 20 years old, and he put on that kind of all-time performance. I get excited about the NBA for those kind of reasons. And there's the good and the bad. I can remember the Lakers playing the Houston Rockets with the Twin Towers, Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson, and the Lakers were fighting for their playoffs live. The Rockets were trying to close them out. The Lakers had a one-point lead. The Rockets, I think there was like 1.5 seconds on the clock. All they could do was throw the ball and then lob it. They lob it inside or lob it to Ralph Sampson, who just flicks the ball up and it goes in. And I didn't even realize till later on that Michael Cooper of the Lakers had collapsed when the shot went in because I collapsed when the shot went in. The playoffs are coming. So, yes, I'm excited. If you're an NBA fan, you're excited. If your team is still in it, you're even if your team is not in it. If you're a true NBA fan, this is the best time of the year. I'm going to do a playoff preview Friday when we know for sure the matchups, the seedings, when we know who's one, one and eight, when we know the three, four matchup. Once we know for sure, I'm going to do an NBA playoff preview because the playoffs start on the 13th. It's the cipher. Hey, one, one quick thing. 
good looking out to everybody in the anchor community that's been sending me voice messages and responding to me. This is what I'm talking about, about support. This is about having each other's back. This is that Nino Brown old school with G money. Am I my my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. So I appreciate the love. I'm going to continue to return it. And I'm going to continue to keep listening to you all shows because I do enjoy them. And like I said, this is just another way for us to support one another. I'm going to stick by what I always say. We can all eat at this table. There is room for everybody. So Friday's show, NBA preview. Oh, one more thing. I want to give a shout out to the Virginia Cavaliers for defeating Texas Tech in the NCAA NCAA finals for winning the championship. Congrats to the Virginia Cavaliers. It was a great game, went into overtime. Props to them. For For the Texas Tech, what a great ride. What a great run. I did not have them making the Final Four, and they proved me. Actually, I didn't have Virginia making the Final Four, and both of those teams proved me wrong. Props to them. Friday, NBA preview. It's the Cypher. I'm going to hit you with this next time.